Hey, how's it going, universe? Welcome to another episode of Zoo Box Goes to the Movies. I'm your host, Sean, and uh, we have returning guest, my wife, Sarah. <laughs> you could just call me your wife. That's <laughs> my wife. My wife, yeah. So I had uh, I had two flakeouts this weekend, and we needed to get an episode up. Last week, we didn't post an episode. It was kind of okay because we had doubled up the week before. We had a regular episode. We had a, we had a Tenet spoiler review. So now... Uh, now that we're back in regular rotation, something had to happen. So we decided Good old to... reliable. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, we decided to uh, do something really stupid and talk about cuties, I suppose. I don't know. Really, like, you know, it's it's something I watched a few days ago, and I wasn't even sure if I was going to even talk about it or do anything about it. I thought there's an interesting conversation to be had for sure, but I was... I was like a little paranoid. I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't know if this is really worth the heat. But. Well, and then on my end of it, I had only really heard about like what I'd heard like you and Dan talking about and like lightly kind of what it was about, but I didn't really wasn't immersed in all this like craziness. I kind of knew what it was about. So I was like, sure, <laughs> let me watch this too. Yeah. I'm saying I wasn't, I don't think I was aware of, like, how much, until after I watched it today, that, like, how much it has, it has been talked about and hated on. Yeah, and, like, to give everybody some context, so this is a French film. It's called Cuties, or Mignons, if you're a fran- fancy pants. It's directed uh, by Mamouna Decor. This is her feature film debut. She also wrote the film. Um, and the plot synopsis is Amy, an 11 year old girl joins a group of dancers named the cuties at school and rapidly grows aware of her burgeoning femininity, upsetting her mother and her values in the process. So they started Netflix started marketing this a few weeks ago because Netflix is kind of savvy in that way where they actually don't promote anything until like a couple weeks before it comes out. Uh, cause they know people will forget just as much as people forget as soon as it premieres and it just gets thrown into the back of their catalog and you never think about it ever again well it's also like kind of what happened today when you're trying to find it it's in the top 10 and it was not right there on the screen yeah i wonder if that might have been because i had watched it previously but you'd still think it would have popped up in the the watch you know the watch list or the the top whatever it wasn't even there though when we scrolled by it i think it's the number three movie on netflix right now because it's a it's a it's the Streisand effect. I mean, like people are talking about it and whatever controversy is just going to make more people curious about it. But the, the, the controversy just started because of the way uh, Netflix chose to market the film. Uh, people thought it was kind of exploitative and uh, sexualizing children. And because of that, and then there was a few like clips were thrown out there. But then everybody was kind of assured. Everybody calmed down a little bit because everybody's like, okay, well, if you watch, actually watch the movie in context, this movie is actually anti-child exploitation, anti-sexualizing children. And then the movie comes out, but everybody's already kind of primed to think it is something. And then they kind of went in with their, and then confirmed their biases. I feel like there's a little bit of a Rorschach quality to cuties. Um, Not entirely, not entirely. But um, it's because some people it's it was like one of these moments where you really are reminded of like the grifting nature of like politics and people yeah. that are pundits and whatnot who just really glommed onto this. 
and now they're trying to get like the the people that are distributing the movie brought before Congress. I mean, there's like senators. Oh, I didn't know that. Really, yeah, there's senators talking about like bringing people to go talk to Congress about fucking cuties. But this was made in France. No? It's a French movie, but it's got American distribution. Okay. Uh, but I don't think they would be able to do anything with the, the creators, but they could people that worked at Netflix. Yeah, I was just... If, just, okay. if you're trying to make the argument that this goes over, crosses a line into actual child sexual exploitation, um, then I guess maybe there's some sort of legal case to be had there. I don't know. I don't... I Obviously, I think it's kind of not real. I think it's just kind of like a, this red meat for a base. Uh just to just because it's like a Twitter thing. These people exist exclusively on social media. They don't exist out in the real world. Most real people probably have no fucking idea what cuties is or what's the controversy uh, surrounding it. I think the it. closer it came to being released, I have actually seen like on on my social media several, even just kind of like uh, suburban moms now saying they're going to cancel their Netflix net Netflix subscriptions and stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think now article, it's beyond the Twitterverse, but art, articles have been written, and it's by the same people that are on Twitter. Like it's the same. It's like the Daily Caller, the the Daily Wire, yeah, uh, Fox News, stuff like that. That are obviously calling it basically Shocking. child. Well, they're calling it child <laughs> pornography. But then you have on the inverse of that, on the flip side of that, you just have people just dying on this hill, like going to bat for this movie. And we'll get into it, like our opinions of it and where we think yeah. it stands. But people are just, just on the other end, just on the way other far end of the the spectrum, saying that the people that made this are pedophiles. So yeah. there is no there is no in between conversation. There's no rational discussion surrounding cuties. So it makes it one of those things where you're just like, well, I guess I'll have to see it for myself. Like I don't think Netflix actually put child pornography on their website, so I'm I'll be okay watching it. I'm an adult person. Like I'll, I'll think I'll be able to handle it. And, you know, Cuties is in a long line of history. It seems like every 10 years, a movie like this comes out. Like, you know, back in the yep. 90s, there was that movie Kids. Yeah, Kids. Uh, um, then you had brought, you had mentioned earlier in 2003, 13. And there's actually a movie. It was kind of small. I remember it was from 2000. Um I had just gotten it. It was actually, I remember it was when Netflix used to have a queue on your computer. <laughs> you know, you'd have to. So we used to go through and put what we wanted on the top of the queue. And we heard about this movie called Nico and Danny. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It came out in 2000. Yeah. It's kind of the same because it's actually about two young boys kind of like coming to age and then really like kind of exploring their sexuality. And then even at the end of the movie, there's like a predatory older gay man that almost sleeps with this like 16, 17 year old boy in a creepy yeah. way. So there, yeah, like you're saying, every few years there's something. We can well, even talk about some of the older movies we were talking about earlier yeah. too. But yeah. Or that. What's the? I mean, nobody cares when this is is boys. Nobody really gives a fuck. No. I mean, seriously. I mean, what's the name of the one? Isn't uh, uh your your boy there, uh, Gail Garcia Bernal? Remember the one with him and uh. The older woman, him and his friend. And Mama Tambien? Yeah. I mean, that not that about teenage boys and an older woman? Yeah. They're in their burgeoning sexuality and experimenting and with two, this older woman? Diego Luna, right? Yeah. Are they yeah. teenagers in that movie, or are they like 18, like, 17? I think they're like early 20s. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. 
Okay, I could I be wrong. I think you want to look it up, fact check it. I, it's been a long time. I mean, there's several movies you can... I mean, or just even just, not to be weird, abuse of boys in general. I mean, you got, you know, a lot of movies that kind of, that's well, happening. Well, there's a lot of things that will exploit, like, uh, the male form or whatever in creepy ways. And in, in ways that feel uh, predatory or vindicious. Yeah. Like, it's... It's a it's a weird thing, but anyways, but that's not what we're talking about. So we watched Cuties. We did watch the movie. Um, I guess yeah. let's just get into it. Let's mm-hmm. get into it, Sarah. So what in your when when the credits rolled on Cuties, what did you think? You want me, my honest first reaction? Yeah. Boring. <laughs> yeah, Sarah, if there's no lasers in it, Sarah's not. She's not having it. I'm out. No, I mean, but for me, I kind of, and it might be just my age, or I kind of always been like this, a lot of coming to age stories, I get kind of like, I, at certain points, just kind of, my eyes gloss over a little bit, I'm not sure why, Um, and I feel like I had, uh, there are some, I guess, important points to talk about with this movie, I guess, like, you know, dealing with uh, culture and tradition, uh, I feel like there could have been better ways to represent that those points in this movie. We can get deeper into that, um, and the the struggle. Interesting <laughs> bombs. Um, Keep talking. I'll be right back. Yeah, the struggle between um, <laughs> you know, like culture and uh, growing up, and especially when you are from. Hi. <laughs> I can hear you like clearly through like you're in the other room. Okay. I just didn't know if you knew where I was at. No, but you know, especially when you are a transplant family that has moved into um, you know like a new country and other cultures clashing. I that's like I think a really cool thing to explore. I don't think Cuties necessarily did that well enough. Um, I don't know. I just kind of, for me, it, every other kind of hitting point besides like shots that lingered a little too long, and we can talk about that also. I just felt like it was kind of I've seen this like, like you said, every few years. <laughs> well, I think it's just it's a pretty traditional coming of age story, just kind of with updated for modern times. Um, I do think it's actually got a pretty good message and a good, pretty good uh, subtext. I don't think the characters are very well done. No, um, I think the script is kind of muddled. Like the storytelling is muddled. That's really what really kills it, because uh, the director kind of undermines her own ambition, her own subtext all the time by the way she chooses to do things. But I think the message of, uh, about kind of mm, some of the cultural stuff I think is interesting, because it's one of the first times I've ever watched a movie that was openly like hostile to like Islam. Thought that was weird. Like, in weird in the fact that the mainstream media, like, embrace this notion of, like, oh, yeah, women are mistreated. And this is a generational thing, and it's something that they do to themselves because of, like, you know, cultural, uh, I don't know what you call it, lifestyle, the brainwashing. The family's from Senegal? Yeah. Okay. And, and there's basically, there's three different generations of women. You have the experience of kind of from the grandmother to the mother to the daughter. And the daughter is somewhat for lack of a better way to put it, kind of mildly traumatized by watching her mother be subjugated and subjugate herself in certain ways and having to kind of uh, take amounts, pure like a lot of 
pain and suffering being married to this guy um, who is already who's about to take a second wife because that's something that's apparently they can do. Mm-hmm. And she has to come to terms with that, but her the daughter sees kind of the raw emotion and the sadness of that. So there's this kind of subtext of like, you know, kind of breaking out of that system. And when she notices that, she sees how like repressive and like uh, her family dynamic is and the culture that she comes from, she kind of takes things to an extreme. Like she finds the outside world and embraces like kind of secular music and secular dancing and in its most promiscuous form, she really goes overboard with it. So I think all the things... Yeah. Social in the way that social kids are on social media. I don't think it does a great job. It touches on all of these things without really getting into any great depth because it's more yeah. just like texture to the movie. That's kind of what I was getting at. Was like I think that part of the story is important and interesting, but it wasn't enough, or like you're saying, done well enough for it to make it. I didn't feel it was impactful as it could have been. Like honestly. I feel like, and I, I get the message, and I get how the message and what the director is trying to do, but I don't think it was impactful enough. And well, then I think then it was allowed to, by like some of the directing choices, it kind of got stomped down even further. Yeah, I mean, there's this thing about, I think if people were to be honest and not be like puritanical or prudish, like kids are very fucking weird. <laughs> you know, or kids no. are really kids are exploring these kind of topics way before like adults would ever f- have them be comfortable with it. Like even in their mm-hmm. own weird little ways. It's well, not, especially nowadays, like well, see. It's, it's just exacerbated. But we all used to have those conversations. We all used to make those kind of jokes. We all used to because it's just a uh, it's fantasy. It's like role playing. You're screwing it's around. Fit in the different little niches at school and, you know, yeah. just try to figure out where the hell you're stumbling to next, especially being like a preteen. Like, I remember yeah. that clearly. Oh, and, and like, I brought up when we were watching it, also being a latchkey kid, that kind of gives you time to oh, do things that are a little more like. Well, I think that plays a part in the story because there's this idea of like a single mother trying to raise these kids and these kids are left to, they're, they're forced, they're asked to grow up in ways that they maybe shouldn't have to, which also kind of works into this notion of. Um, kids using adult identifiers mm-hmm. uh, in a shallow way to feel grown up and to feel like you're in control. So, like, this is what this girl does. She meets these these girls at school, like the kind of the mean girl clique or whatever of her age group, and kind of gets in with them because they're dancers. But she's the one that, like, really makes the dancing provocative because of music videos that she watches because she stole – some guy's phone off is a dude that's like just lives in the tenement they live. They say cousin quite a few times. Okay, so it might be his cousin, her cousin. But I couldn't tell that if it was like I think it's related to the new wife coming in because they were on the phone with someone saying like your nephew or I yeah I don't know because they said your cousin has just come in from Senegal with gifts from your dad and things for the house and mm-hmm. and that's when the room gets decorated and all that. So I don't know. I mean. Yeah, so they just say, refer to him as cousin, but just like the the elder woman is auntie, you know, and that's a cultural thing, you know. So yeah, yeah. Um, so it's probably her uncle or or actual cousin. I don't know. Um, but anyways, it doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> well, nope. specifically whether he's the cousin or uncle, it doesn't really matter, or just the dude that lives there. Uh, but she steals his phone, which gives her access to. She secretly has access to all the stuff that she had never had access to before. So she's exposed to social media. She's exposed to provocative hip hop music videos, and 
I think the movie is very adult in the sense that it doesn't hold your hand to a conclusion, but I think it's pretty obvious that the director is saying like your kids will be influenced by this stuff. Like pay attention. Yeah. And, uh, and I do think like that is a good message and that you should be protecting the integrity of the childhood experience of your kids. Like don't make them feel like they need to be 20 when they're 11. Yeah. I, and I personally have seen that through people I kind of know or were, I was acquainted with in the past. And it's just, it's, insane to me <laughs> uh i actually have personal experiences of seeing like videos of these people's children on their own social medias and stuff in dance squats again dance in itself is this whole complex beast of like you know body movement and expression but there's sometimes these like drill teams or they call them uh, it's almost like majorettes you know mm -hmm. and they they do range from like four Two, you get into the 20s, right? But they are all wearing the same things, doing the same moves. And sometimes it's this line of like, okay, I get you're doing dance. I get you're doing this. But then sometimes you look at it and you're like, this is what you're celebrating. Well, cause you're, a, you're a six-year-old emulating these 20-year-olds. So it's kind of like what I saw in the movie. And then the fact that I have seen this with people I've personally like known and encountered, I was just like, holy crap. You know what I mean? Like, There's a real, I mean, we have a real cultural problem with this stuff where it's like we will always kind of lend or, or kind of bend towards titillation no matter who it is like it's always got to be some sort of form of provocation and like you know it's like this idea i was thinking about this when these kids they kind of get a hold of social media and laptops and they're on like a chat roulette type thing at one on one scene but this like social media the entire thing is to like be a component of advertising and to yeah. be a component of uh, like sort of selling yourself in some way. And these girls like respond to that in a really overtly sexual way. It's almost like they just become like innately part of this thing and like almost on some sort of like primal level understand that this is how you get things. Uh, and there's a few scenes that even underline that. Like I do think, listen, is we're going to talk about the, the problems with cuties. There are problems with cuties, but there is a lot of interesting things in the movie, even mm -hmm. though I don't think the director sticks the landing enough and gets in her own way a lot. Um, oh, yeah, and, yeah. And there's a few things where you're just like, why the fuck is this like this? Like, why is it like this? Other than, I suppose, the one reason that I can think of. But, um, yeah, when I watched it, I, I was, I was, I wouldn't say I was really bored. Like, I appreciated things about it, but as I was watching, I was like, well, this is kind of petered out. Like, it just didn't feel like it went anywhere. Yeah. In a sense, like, I understand what she's saying at the end of the movie. Like, I get it. I just don't think uh, she stuck the landing and then it ends up but, just kind of being a mess. The, all these jumbled ideas. I mean, maybe, I don't know, in respect to her, I suppose maybe that's just like supposed to be like mirroring the, the mentality of the kids where you're just throwing all this shit at you constantly. You mean without... the glitter from the hair didn't just make you tear up? No, I thought that was a really weird <laughs> way to get to that moment. So there's a moment 100%. at the end of the movie. <laughs> they're doing their final dance routine at the competition, and she has some glitter in her hair from like when she tripped over something at her family's house because they're getting ready for her, their father's second wedding, and she's <laughs> and she sees the glitter, and for some reason this is the thing that's that shakes her out of this like, I don't know this this fugue state of being a hussy. Like I don't know. Like and then she runs back home and she reclaims her childhood, and her mother's just like. It's okay for us to change generationally, basically. Uh, I accept you and I love you. 
you don't have to go to your father's wedding. Like, you don't have to be part of this if you don't want to. Like, there is, it's kind of a little bit of a, it's just, it's subtly done, but it's a kind of a powerful moment, I suppose, yeah. if you've been paying attention. Um, but I mean, I don't know why that lady's so upset. She's getting bonus hands to help her with all that crap she's been dealing with. Like, come on, lady. I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, doing all the housework. All these chores, you got all these kids to watch. Now you're getting a bonus lady to help you. I'm joking. Well, I don't see the implication <laughs> that they're all going to live together. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's she why says, she says when she's... My she... bed has been put... Our beds have been put next to each other. Yeah, and then she also, when she's showing her friend her house, and her friend asks her whose room this is, and she says, I don't know. That's because she's yeah. talking about the wife. Okay. Putting the pieces yeah, together. She gets to live like a princess and they all get to share bunk beds in a rundown building that I guess all of the the Senegalese people like own, it looks like. Well, it's they were like, those things they're, people they're like floor to ceiling like look like they ran the whole building. <laughs> it's just like one of those things where people move from a place and they all kind of move in the same neighborhood, the same buildings. You know. I know. I was being but it just seemed like conveniently like there was a big enough area in the building they could have this wedding and cook these huge massive meals and <laughs> Sangli's house. <laughs> kind of, yeah, I guess. That's kind of what it was. Well no not necessarily because all the, that's where her friends live and they're not Oh all that's true. Live. The the little the, Spanish, Spanish looking girl, not Spanish, but Spanish looking girl. She's probably what French, Middle Eastern, kind of a mix. I don't know. I swear I've seen her somewhere though, Sean. We have to figure it out. She looks like the uh, Jodie Furland. Remember Jodie Furland? You ever see the actually another creepy movie? Since we're talking about creepy kids movies, uh, Tideland. You ever see? Yes. Tideland? Oh, it's been a long time, but yes, Tideland. That was. Woo. <laughs> she kind of looks like that. Kind of living like in that house. <laughs> well, Thailand also has weird, like, just sexual undertones yes. that are. Yes. Not sure if, like, they're supposed to make you uncomfortable or you're supposed to be heartwarmed by them. And then you're like, why, why, does, why do all these people got to be fucking creeps? You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, why does it. Why do I have to get older and find out Luke Besson is, like, a creep? Like, why does that have to happen? Why do I have to experience? Why do I have to suffer through this? Death of the artist, man. (laughs) I just wanted to like fucking the fifth element. That's all I wanted to do. I still do. (laughs) Um, So anyways, I guess that's our general opinions on the film. Now we're going to talk about some of the specific things. The things that are basically causing a stir. Whether you've seen this film or only seen clips of this film, this is what people are talking about. So there are some director choices of how how she shoots scenes that are intentionally provocative. I yeah. think I think the point is to be some sort of douchey, pretentious metaphor for like I'm holding a mirror up to society. I'm implicating you in the sexualization of children because you are watching this and you and are you titillated. are taking her doing this cartwheel as what it you know. Oh, as... And you are you are titillated like you. Yeah. Are, this is and it's really not. I mean, it's really it's really kind of it's gross. Uh, I don't even think it's, it's not even, that's the weird thing about it. It's shot in a way that I don't even understand what the fuck she's trying to accomplish. Yeah. Am I supposed to, I guess, you know, you're supposed to feel gross and uncomfortable. It's like, okay, but now you've done the thing that you're saying that you hate, like that you're railing against because, uh, she's turning it on Ted, Sean. She's so smart. (laughs) You have to exploit children and teach them these dance routines and then go have a DP and have a discussion about how you're going to zoom in on their hips and their crotches. I mean, this starts almost. Can you use full terms, please? Because that could be misinterpreted, dude. (laughs) Director of photography. 
Um, <laughs> Dick Prince. Um, no, I, I, I don't like it's for me. It starts almost immediately when once Ami or Amy, the main, the protagonist girl, once mm-hmm. she's kind of introduced into this other world, these other girls, uh, like it starts from this voyeuristic perspective, which is hers. And she's watching this girl do her laundry and you only see the girl from behind and you only realize this girl's like 11 once she turns around. What? No, you noticed that way earlier, Sean. I didn't think so. <laughs> I had like a half chub. <laughs> totally, listen, guys, calm down. It totally went away once I realized it was an 11-year-old. <laughs> Also, who wears pleather pants no, anymore? I just anyway. assumed. I just assumed. I was like, I knew what I'm. I know what I'm watching. I'm like, oh, that's one of the girls, and they're like, this le- these leering camera things. And when you watch the movie, you understand. Okay, you're watching from Amy's perspective, so the camera is leering at this girl. But they even do that in that scene where so she's tucking the baby for down for a nap on the couch and her other brother's kind of, I think he's off to the side either eating or doing something at the table. And the way she has to like lean to like put blankets on the baby, she has like total straight bend and it just stays where center and frame is her like rear end perfectly straight bent. And then you're yeah, like... Well, she's wearing pants. Like it's, she's actually in her underwear. No, no, it was, she was in, it looked like pajama pants. Oh, maybe there. she was okay. underwear. You know, not that I was looking for that stuff, but you, the image was there enough to where that's what it seems like. But it's like you're tucking your brother in, and all already, and this was like pretty quick into the movie, and already we're getting like. Now, okay, I agree with you. I think it's like it's it's framed oddly, but it is a distant shot, and it's a locked off shot. The camera does not move. And when I saw that, I was like, okay, now is this? Am I like looking for this now? Like, am I, am, I, am I clued in to just see every single image that I find inappropriate? Like, you know what I mean? Or, like, I'm just going to read all these things as inappropriate? Because the only things I felt were, like, really... There's one scene in particular I found wildly inappropriate. I have one, too, but let's see what yours is. Um, it's the Instagram video. They make an Instagram video, and you see the actual video. You see the whole video, and it is wildly sexually explicit. Mm-hmm. As much as you can with kids with fucking clothes on, mm-hmm. it's like a it's like a pussycat dolls routine, and like no, but the thing is, uh, none of these scenes that we have problems with, none of them are necessary to move the story along. None of them have to be shot this way to make their point. Um, yeah, no, at all. Adds nothing to the movie. I I gained nothing from watching the two minute Instagram video. No. Like, I didn't need to see the video. I just needed to see the reactions to it. Like, I don't need to see the video. See, it's just like, that's like, you know, when she takes a picture of her vagina and posts it online. Like, would it have been more impactful if I saw the picture? Like, no, I don't need to see it. I just need to know what the reaction is. Yeah. I mean, for me, the scene that I kind of like, I was like, it was actually during their final performance. At one part, you see one of the girls dancing and like, making a face. And then perfect in frame the blonde girl does this, like, it's a cartwheel and then a stand, and it's framed where the her, the one girl's face is right in the girl's crotch, and then her crotch, like, gyrates. Yeah, and they, and they like, rub their asses together. They, yeah, uh, no, but they I'm saying that, that's a or... one, because the way their uniforms were, you saw every, sh- like, not again, like, I might have been looking harder, but it was just, like, you could see every shape of that little girl, and it was just, like, as for a minute, I was just, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and they Not try to justify. They're trying to say like offensive, but for me that was it. I was like, well, they, 
they're trying to say, and I, I've heard the director give this defense that like, oh, well, like, or not the director. I've heard other people give this defense. Well, like, oh, they cut away to the crowd and the crowd is horrified. <laughs> yeah, like, I laugh at that, but. So? Like, what the fuck are you, are you saying, thinking I'm too stupid to think this is wrong? That's all that says to me. Like, right. what are you talking about? Like, this does not justify the way you shot this. You can have the scene. You can have this content. I am a big proponent. This is why it makes me so uncomfortable to talk about this movie. I'm a big pro- proponent of free speech, free expression. I think these things need to be protected. That's why I was not cool with people running around calling the people that made this movie pedophiles. So I'm just like, this yeah. is so, you're completely ruining this term now. Well, especially and, uh, because like in the landscape we're in right now with some of like, the major news stuff, I feel like it was unjustly like kind of like cruxed onto this like the save the children kind of stuff and then trying to really break down some of these major things that are being discovered and rightfully so like trying to be broken down and stopped yeah the child sex trafficking stuff it's also like why why am i hearing less and less about like epstein stuff and his like little weird girlfriend and things like that but we're getting upset about like like cuties like i understand it's upsetting and uncomfortable but I've been hearing, like, even just scanning today, like, the internet and stuff, like, I see more about this in, like, and again, it goes back to the engineering of, like, media and social media and all these kinds of things, but, like... Well, I think there are reasons to, for people to be upset about cuties. Dude. No, I do, but you get what I'm saying, is I'm kind of, like, like going on to this, like, the, the political kind of, like... Uh, oh, this is... Well, the reason why this is... Well, I mean, the reason why, like, punditry latched onto this is because it's on netflix it's on more homes than anything else more people are going to be exposed to cuties than they will be the epstein story like that's this reality i mean i think they've blown it so out of proportion that they've destroyed the conversation but i'll say this the people that really failed the people that really fucked this up were stupid reflexive fucking movie critics that play politics and everything they write and the way they go about their jobs uh, they could have had a real conversation about the successes and failures of Cuties in an adult, responsible way. Instead, they decided to say this is the greatest movie ever fucking made, and there's nothing wrong with it, and you're just afraid of child sexuality. As if anybody—that's the problem anybody had with the movie. Are we? Are we in? Are we in '76 and '77 right now? Do you get the reference? No, I don't. Uh, actually, it's, so that's when in France. Actually, so let's keep talking about the weirdo French. Well, we could. There's that's... a whole list of directors we could talk about. No, no, I'm just saying, so in, in I think it was 76, 77, uh, there was a bunch of, actually, it was mostly philosophers. <laughs> oh, yeah, the petition? Yeah, the petition, and the biggest one was Michel Foucault, and you got Sartre, uh, Simone de Beauvoir, uh, Louis that creepy lady. Huh? That creepy lady, I can't remember her name. What creepy lady? Some creepy lady philosopher, academic. I, don't I just said Simone de Beauvoir. Oh, maybe that's her, then. <laughs> uh, yeah, Louis Althusser, Jacques Derrida, like all these important thinkers, and what they were doing was literally Foucault. I mean, also because they have like fucked all these young men, and they were trying to like publicly make it okay. But his explanation for this was like, in so they did like a series of like uh, journal essays and letters and the petitions, and they were all openly signed by always like almost seventy people. It's gross. Yeah. Anyway, so what Foucault says is, uh, I had the the quote written down earlier, but it's pretty much saying, like, 
For you to say and deny that a child cannot understand and experience something is denying them their own like reality and existence and two things that are innately in people. It's yeah. pretty much the summary of like what the argument is, and it's like yeah, and it's still the argument to this day. It hasn't actually advanced very. It, it's just it, like <sighs> well, that's the thing. The argument has not advanced. It's still the same. They say this the same talking points. Like oh, you can't. How, it's like yeah, like there's uh. There's a difference between kids fucking around with each other, getting handsy, whatever you want to call it. There's yeah. a wild difference between that and then a 40-year-old man uh, grooming someone. And that's like that's the that's the salient issue. That's that's the point when people have a problem with this shit. Oh, actually, fucking weirdos. These fucking weirdos are just like they just they. It's willful ignorance. Like they just mm -hmm. don't understand it because they don't fucking want to, and they know better. It's nothing but like to to serve a personal fetish, a predilection, whatever you want to call it. Um, and also like obedience. people like Foucault and Derrida, like you know, this is just about obedience. Yeah, it's about like uh, well, I said mentorship. Deviance. I just said deviance. Oh well, deviance as well. But it's also a control thing that goes on in the psychology of these people. That. And some of these people is it is it Foucault? That's like his life's work. Is is uh investigating those types of things and yeah discipline control and actually his biggest thing is like suppression and suppression of ideas throughout history so i mean there you go his biggest thing is like suppression <laughs> yeah yeah so fuck kids yeah cool right. <laughs> no i just I, they, it's it's you know the craziest thing is that it's not a very intellectually strong argument from some of like the quote-unquote best thinkers of their generation and there's not even a very good argument that is usually easily pretty parsed apart. But they got play because we live in a world where people are reflexive against whatever they feel they're the opposite of. Mm -hmm. So if you have people that are in academia or intelligentsia, they just will side with it because they feel like, oh, well, the other side's puritanical and evil and repressive and regressive, and we don't want to be a part of that, so we'll just agree with this. That's kind of what goes on with cuties, with the criticism of it. Like, That's like you know what you just did? It's like, side note, you literally just summarized Foucault's The History of Sex, Volume 1. Congratulations. Awesome, and you didn't even read it. <laughs> I've read, read a little bit of Foucault, but never read, well, not a lot, but um, in fairness to Foucault, the perv himself, I have not read a ton. But um, I think that's the same kind of mentality that's going on with this cuties thing. Like, how can there not be any critics like that are like claiming they like don't understand what people are talking about? I'm like, what do you like? It's not fucking rocket science, okay? Right. That it makes people feel uncomfortable. And this lady <laughs> undermined her own fucking message by doing the thing that she said she's railing against. There's a famous That's quote. There's okay. a famous before you can go on. There's a famous quote by Truffaut, and Truffaut says there is no such thing as an anti-war film because you can't make one. It's impossible. Just yeah. the act of putting something on film is to romanticize it, it is to fetishize it, it is to glorify it. You don't want your movie to look bad, do you? You don't want your shots to look bad, do you? You want it to be a beautiful, moving experience. So just the act of make trying to make a good movie romanticizes something, and there is nothing you can do about it. There is no getting away from it. And I think it's the same thing in this case. Mm -hmm. I really do. I don't do think you know who really make... embraces that is Von Trier. <laughs> oh, shit. Von Trier, at least he caps fucking adults. Right. Well, uh, <laughs> well who's this? No kids in Von Trier. Maybe? I know. I was just joking. I was just being anyway. <laughs> as far as Von Trier will go there, but he'll go there, go there properly. 
Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, okay, so I, I, did, I haven't found a segue because I told you earlier I had I had a joke in my brain that I wanted to do, but you know, yeah. I could not... Well, it was actually, I was going to, like, cut you off while you were saying who directed it, and I was going to say Patrick Swayze and Donnie Darko. Because <laughs> that's all I could think about was Sparkle Motion and kind of, like, what that movie, like, emulated about actually the same thing, like, the, this kind of, like, sexualization and weirdness of, like, the children. Yeah. And then, like, with Patrick Swayze being, like, he's a, like, a child, like, Colossus, molester. A child molester and purveyor. Like, pornography. He had, like, a whole little dungeon. And that's all I like, kept running through my brain, like, through when I was bored during the movie. I was thinking about Sparkle Motion, you know? <laughs> I, I, like, to me, like, I just don't understand how, like, people can't, couldn't have watched the movie and can't come to the rational conclusion, like, I think the director might have fucked this up. Like, nobody said that. And I was, like, very, because, like I said, it's either, like, it's great. Or it's child pornography. Like there was no in between. Can I can I also interject something? What was the movie you were watching the other night that was all in sign language? Oh, the tribe. <laughs> Why well, are no, we making about... outrage about the tribe? Because that's every time I teenagers. looked up and I was just like, "What the fuck is happening right now?" Check out. Uh, there's a daily movie review I did for the tribe, and uh, just a little preview. There's a backroom abortion. Full so on. Like, Wildly uncomfortable sex scenes. Uh, there's a bunch of beatings. There's a lot of violence. Uh, the movie ends with yeah, some spectacular. Kind of cool. <laughs> ends, it ended in spectacular violence. But the coolest thing about the movie is that it's like 34 shots. So it's not a lot of cuts in the movie. And also, it is entirely in sign language and there is no subtitles. And you'd be surprised. You can, you can follow the story. Mm-hmm. And I don't know sign language. Especially not Ukrainian sign language. Um, so it looked like it was like Slovenia or something, you know. Ukraine. It's a film oh. from the Ukraine. Uh, that movie definitely pushes the boundaries. I'm pretty sure all those actors are of age, though. I'm just saying, like, why? Why, why am I not hearing about this backroom abortion? Because I was literally like, I was. Dude, that was very, shocking. That was traumatizing. Very uncomfortable because I did I mean, not know what we were getting into, and I looked up and I was just like, uh, <laughs> like it's a locked off shot from like running through the house, like no. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a locked off shot for like 10 minutes that, and you're just like and then it's just the girl f- looking and feeling uncomfortable and the sounds and the metal yeah, clanking and... it doesn't even say anything i mean obviously but i'm just saying but there's no, no expression it's just very like because well, like, they're also they're all they're all deaf they're all deaf no yeah. but i'm, I'm just saying just, oh my god that's not no, I know what you're saying, but I'm saying on top of that, it's like these people are any these characters aren't even like crying out in pain or anything because they don't make noises, they don't emote. It's crazy. It's a wild fucking movie. Very uncomfortable. Uh, it it takes a while to make me uncomfortable, and I was very uncomfortable. I was probably more <laughs> uncomfortable watching that than Cuties. Yeah. <laughs> Sad, <but> yes. <laughs> there's a stark. There's just a stark brutality to the tribe in all different facets, sexually, physically. Psychologically, it ends. <laughs> it ends with a dude crushing people's heads with their own nightstands, and they can't hear him because they're deaf. Sure. Sure. Yeah, so he does, it's two per room. He does one, and then the other one can't hear it. So then he goes to the, it's like so, and you're just like, and you hear the crunch, and you're just like, ah. Listen, folks, ah. listen, it's about the journey. It's not about the destination. <laughs> Calm down. You'll be fine. Um, but yeah, the tribe. Check it out if you got a chance, dude. It's on IMDb TV. You can watch it for free with ads. 
<laughs> I own the Blu-ray, of course. Thank you, Hamilton Books, for five bones. Yeah, I find that you found that website. Yeah, that's cool. It's a good ass website. I love that website. Just keep talking it up and then tag Ham- them in the video. I should really. I should. Really, they should send me coupons. They should send me samplers of whatever their new stock is, and I can just talk about them in daily. I'll just become a Hamilton Books exclusive reviewer. Welcome. <laughs> Excuse me, Hamilton Books. Let me get your name out there. But then the movies won't be five bucks anymore. <laughs> like, hey, you want uh you like Clint Eastwood movies? Oh, Hamilton Books has got your got you all set, okay? We got this four pack. It's got Firefox. Uh conspiracies, something or other. Absolute power. Grand Torino. Grand Torino. <laughs> got it all, baby. Anyway. <laughs> got a, a Dirty Harry on their movie. Uh, the Deadpool. Um Oh, can I ask you a question? So, because yeah. we kind of like what Dragon said each other, um, which is something I like. I, I kind of like when we get moments uh, where we can both sit back and think about, like, you know, because we have successfully helped a human being live to be three years of age now. Mm-hmm. Congrats to us, by the way. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> we could barely take care of ourselves, but <laughs> I'm kidding. But anyway, um, how, how did cuties make you think about it being a parent? Which, it might be different if we had a girl, to be fair. But, I mean, just in general, being a parent. I didn't. I don't think being a parent really affected my perspective on cuties. Okay. Uh, maybe, if, maybe if I had a daughter, I, I might feel differently. I, you know, can I, so to give a personal anecdote to what I you thought, just said. I just thought it was, like, what they, I mean, I'm sorry not to cut you off. But I just thought, like, innately, I was like, oh, this is, this is not, you shouldn't be doing this. We shouldn't be doing this. Uh, no. I think if we had a daughter, you would, though. And I was going to just give a quick uh, personal anecdote. It's kind of, you know, we're just vibing. But, um, no, I remember when we were, we didn't know what we were having. And you were, you kind of wanted a girl. I mean, you didn't yeah. care either way, but like, you wanted a girl. And then I remember kind of like closer to when we were finding out we were having, you looked at me and you're like, you know what? I don't know if I'm ready for a girl because all the shit and craziness you guys have to deal with. So I yeah. do think. Mate, which I kind of like, I got a whole new level of respect when you said that. And I, oddly enough, I'm not really a feminist. <laughs> Me neither. I don't think it has anything to do with it. But uh, no, no. But I'm just saying. So I think maybe if we did have a little girl, I kind of said out loud during the movie, "I'm glad we don't have a little girl." Um, I mean, but I think there's a whole level of things little boys have to deal with too. Oh, 100 percent. Not yeah. a boy, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think for me, like being a parent watching this, it's just, it's kind of like one of those things where it's just like, even ourselves, it's just like, put the external noise away and just focus on each other, I guess. Focus on like what your child's interested in, be active in it. And yeah, no, there's... after a, a kind of like what the mom ends up kind of Im- implying when she tells the daughter she doesn't have to go to the wedding, like, help foster this, like, relationship where you, like, you'll meet each other on the middle ground. It's like, you know, if this is something you like, I will be into it. I'll be understanding. I will try to learn about it and support you through it so you are aware of what they're getting into, but still give them space. But at the same time, like, I I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's weird. Like, I think, I think that the underlying message of the movie is actually a very good one. It's actually a very, like, positive pro protecting children 
protect their innocence, protect their childhood, allow them to be fucking kids. And this yeah. is, and it works on that different was- layers. It works on different layers because you have ostensibly what is a single mother, her daughter. You see a few scenes where her daughter really has to step up and like take the her brother to school and walk in places and then carry the baby with them, like Stop and me. babysit and wake up and put them to bed and whatnot. Like Stop there's me. all this, yeah. There's all these different things going on. That's another element to this. That kind of that the uh, even just the this idea when you ask a kid to do things like that. You know, there is another door that could be open because of that. There's a, there's a maturation thing that goes on. Yeah. Um, I think you know, in the in the movie, the character gets her period, which I understand. It felt like almost more like a trope rather than something that was integral yeah. to yeah. the story because they're like, "Well, you're a woman now." And I was like, "Well, does that really matter to what is going on with these characters?" Like, I don't understand even what the fuck that's for. Maybe that's yeah. my ignorance, my 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 dude ignorance. I don't know. No, I, I kind of felt that was kind of just put in there. I just didn't feel it was significant. It didn't play a significant role in what I saw after that, right? Um, I, I do. Actually, let me take that back. There was a second where the other girls... Actually, oh. You have just opened a well, sir. No, because I, I had for kind of like... Because it was kind of just inserted there and... um. It is an important moment, and I am sure everyone's got different experiences with it. Mine was kind of weird. But anyway, um, no, I'm just saying, I noticed, you started noticing her development and growth, and there was that one scene where she was trying to get them all to dance with her after taking her picture you know, on the, of her vagina and stuff. And there was that scene where, like, you're crazy now, you know, like, you're moo. I don't know what you're dealing with, you know, like, what's going on. You're, you're just, like, always, like, well, up they, and no, they, they actually literally just turn her away. They're just like, no, we can't be friends with you. We can't be seen with you. I'll, be, I'll be your friend in secret. No, but then one of them says out loud, so, which is something else we can talk about, is the discrepancy between the subtitles and the dub. Um, so they say out loud is like, I, I, what is going on with you? You're crazy. And then it kind of like says in the subtitles something about like her moods. And it's like, you know, her hormones and all this. Yeah, so yeah. She's kind of developing a little bit faster anyways than the other girls. I mean, she, she, you know, she probably has boobs all of a sudden. Like, you know. Well, I'm just, that's just the clothing, but yeah. I'm just saying, like, it's just kind of, uh, to me... I think it could have been handled a little bit differently. I felt like that was just kind of a throw-in moment. Well, I, it's just it's never developed into anything that feels meaningful, especially when you have the end of, end of the movie is a scene where Amy, the main character, is reclaiming her childhood. Oh, I don't. Wait. I don't see. I, it didn't. It, is it a form of like? Was it there to like kind of present this idea of ostracization from your peers when like you've experienced something that they haven't like? Well, also, you, you see she's, how... she's not acting out because she had her period. She's acting out because of what's going on with her mother. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I'm just saying, I, I don't know. I'm just trying to piece together maybe what came from that happening. But also the way her mother handled... If you look, like how her mother handled her... Her mom handled her getting her period kind of also reflects within how she handles her daughter in the sense of growing up and being you know, herself or whatever, and then moving forward, well, like up, the up wedding and... decision, it mirrors each other in a sense. Well, I think the wedding decision is, is the turning point. It's when her, her mother remembers that it's, this is a kid. Yeah. And, and it, there's this cultural thing. Cause she's arguing with her auntie, which is their grandmother, I believe. And, uh, 
there's this notion of that, like, wait a second. No, this is a child. And, like, I can't do this to a child. I can't leave a child to make these decisions on their own and stand up for themselves and be treated this way. This is my daughter. Yeah. Even though she has, like, this really kind of old world antiquated reaction to her the first time when she finds out about the pictures and the social media, like, she really loses her shit saying she's going to, she should kill her. Like, she should. Well, I'd be mad daughter. too. I'm, she I'm gonna disown my you. credit card. Well, I'm going to bought crazy I, underwear. With. Yeah, I know, but she, <laughs> says, but she goes to an extreme. Like, I'm going to disown you. You're not part of my family. Like, harsh things to say to an 11 year old, no matter the circumstances, no matter the the context. So that's what I mean about the movie. Like, it's like you like two minds about it. Like, I do think the director ultimately failed <laughs> by shooting things the way that she shot them, but I do think the actual message. And subtext of the movie is a largely good one. Yeah, no, no, actually, because actually through this, like, last, you know, few moments of conversation, I mean, I resonate, I had a single mom growing up, and uh, we had those moments where she didn't say I should be dead, but she would say things like, where did I go wrong? I mean, uh, actually, she did say one time, oh, I'm just saying, like, it would get to that. My favorite used to be, I brought you into this world. I can take you out and make one that looks just like you. Because I kind of fare my mother. Mm-hmm. I used to hear that all the time. I was just like, okay. You know what I'm saying? So maybe it's kind of, it does rep. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> hey, mom. No. <laughs> um, well, yeah, where did I go wrong? So, but it's also, it's probably, I don't know. Maybe it is just an internal frustration of like, you know, parents raising kids and like kind of like a, I, I, it'll always be a landscape different from what you were in, right? So maybe yeah. that is an actual reflection when, as even as a parent or just the changing world, you get to that point sometimes where you're just like, I just don't know what to do with you, you know? Like, no, but I, I, we, we, you know, but see, what you said reminded me of those, you know? Like, I don't yeah. know. I went through that. I had, like I said, single mom. I was a latchkey kid, you know? Sure, sure. I mean, I think, I, listen, <laughs> I think there are things in this movie that are incredibly thoughtful. I think it's just kind of jumbled. It's a little muddled. I think yeah. just throwing everything at the wall and acting like it will be meaningful without kind of earning it is not necessarily a great thing from just a, a script level. But I do think it is. I understood intellectually. I totally understood where what was trying to be achieved, and I did respond positively to the attempt. It's just yeah. some of these choices. I don't know how the fuck you justify this. Yeah. I don't I don't really know. Like it ruined your movie. Ruined your movie, and, and, you and people should just be honest and say, like, yeah, that maybe this is not the most appropriate thing. Like, being like, huh, welcome to European cinema, bruh. Like, that's how some people are acting. Like, well, they wait till they find about it. European. It's like, that doesn't make it okay. Like, give me a fucking break. Like, we were talking about Brooke Shields earlier, right? Yep. She was in, maybe, she was in, a, in a couple, a string of fucking... Um. The Pretty uh, Baby was the first one that I was telling you. You had never seen that, correct? I've never seen Pretty Baby. I've seen The Blue Lagoon, and I've seen Endless uh, Love. So Pretty Baby is from 78. I have it. I have some of the info in front of me just to talk about it. I've seen it once, uh, but the director is uh, Louis Mallet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so his whole, I guess, from what I understand of his, like, directorship is about the experience of, like, the human experience and these kinds of levels. But, so essentially, but Pretty Baby, so like I said, it's in 1978, Brooke Shields was 12. And she is a prostitute in Louisiana. Yeah, in 1917, Louisiana, yeah. 
Yeah, but she's twelve. <laughs> Which and, is a, you know, it's a real thing that used to happen. But yeah, like, the way but you make that movie, it's important. Yeah, and in the movie, you see her prepubescent, flat chest and nipples. In released, released in the United States. Couples looking at her. Uh, there's a been, plot. Right. Yeah. Okay, Twelve. Maybe I don't know. It's she was young. thirteen. She was thirteen, well, but yeah, still. Thirteen. I'm sorry. Sorry, her. Listen, listen. Hey, hey. He hit the teens. She was not twelve. She was thirteen. You know what they say? for weird girls, huh? No, I'm kidding. Anyway, there's grass on the field. Play ball, right? You know. Mm. Oh, yuck. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. Sorry, everyone. That's my bad. Uh, but I, I went right into that. I walked right into that. That's fine, because that's how we are. Anyway, um, I accept ownership for myself. <laughs> Um, no, but yeah, so this film, uh, there's implied sexual scenes in that of, like, her with male Johns. Uh, there's, uh, I think, a couple other things. I mean, with Blue Lagoon, um, I mean, yeah, there's incest. Let's talk about that. Um, I mean, because doesn't, isn't it her cousin that she gets stranded with? They're shipwrecked. They're a well-off family. They get shipwrecked with just their butler. And then they're like cousins, and then she doesn't understand what's going on. She gets pregnant. They have a baby together. But like the whole movie, though, is like just her long hair over her boobs, mm -hmm. pretty much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, so I don't know what the hell is going on with Brooke Shields' mom. I mean, she has been hurting. But anyway, pimp out her child like that. I but mean, I mean, this was, uh, I mean, this, it, it, I'm just reading a little bit. Um, baby. Yeah, it was considered very controversial. It was labeled as child porn by People Magazine. No. Um, it was banned in Canada. No, oh, it was too much for the Canadians, eh? It's only a role. <laughs> I'm not actually a prostitute. She regrets starring in the... Con Brooke Shields uh, has regrets doing it. But she also wrote her thesis on it in college. Well, well that's... You know, there's a difference between, like... In 20, 2018, she said she regretted doing it. Yeah, no, I understand, but I'm just saying is like, you know, I, I kind of was just leading off of like, you know, you're saying, well, it's European film, but it's also like, it's social commentary. Good. Well, like, he, uh, what's it, when Louis Mal uh, refuted the criticism stating to people, anybody who calls it child pornography has not seen the damn thing. Nymphet and Lolita rubbed me the wrong way. So, uh, yeah, he was just making a reference to Lolita, which is interesting. You know, I watched this movie. Mm -hmm. On the on the back of reading Lolita this summer, yep. Uh, I'm a big Stanley Kubrick fan, which led me to want to check out Lolita because I wanted to know why he would um, do that material, and because what, it's like, very precise and demanding. <laughs> well, no, because well, he has just a thing of like taking somebody's book and completely doing whatever he wants with it, and Lolita would be that case, and he makes. He kind of inverts the, the, the purpose of the book Lolita in the movie, and he does some interesting stuff. So I'm glad I read the book, but the book is a tough read. I mean... Can I, well, can I tell you something? I have read the book. I've never seen the movie. The movie is very different. Yeah, because it's... Is it? It's very different, yes. Oh, I'll have to watch it. I don't yeah, know. It's worth, no, I, it's a great movie. I mean, it is about an old pervert. Don't get me wrong. Well, I feel like in the book, though, she has she's more in control and manipulative, actually, in the book. Mm. 
No. Well, she's, uh, she, well yeah, just because she comes on to an old man when she's 12 doesn't mean it's okay for the old man to acquiesce. I feel like she's, but I feel like that she has some control. We can talk about it in another conversation. But anyway. Yeah, maybe, actually, you know, maybe someday we'll do Lolita. I don't think Paul was going to do Lolita for my Kubrick stuff. So maybe we can do Lolita together. That'd be interesting. Reliable step in. <laughs> but you gotta, you're going to have to probably revisit the book a little bit, at least skim some of it. See, um, I have it there on my shelf, and I'll just do that. I won't put on some dumb Kindle. <laughs> Kindles, you know, Kindles <laughs> are great. They also suck because you kind of like forget what you re- you're, you've read because of it's not doesn't have the permanence of a book on a shelf where you can like fondly look over at the shelf and be like oh i read that now i'm like just looking at squares little square thumbnails and i'm like don't remember them something i don't like about the kindle every time i've tried to read something on it i don't like that it tells you your speed and percentage and all that that gives me fucking anxiety i love it it makes it to me it's like a challenge i'm like no, oh, I see, I like it because if like i'm feeling particularly lazy one day and i'm just trying and then sometimes with a book you can be lazy and just fall asleep with it just put it down with that you're like i'm under my goal i must produce i must produce, I must produce. <laughs> no i don't like it nope take but, your, i don't know i guess look for that for a future episode of uh Look for that for a future episode of Zoobox Goes to the Movies. We'll do Lolita. It'll be interesting. I want to revisit the movie now that I've watched the book or read the book. The, oh, you the did on a screen. What's that? You did. You watched the book on a screen. It's I on did, a screen. Technically, so yeah. you watched it. You watched the pages turn. You fucking. Uh, ugh. <laughs> You're the one that's going to bring the firefighters into our house, and I'm going to kill you. That's I will. Possible. <laughs> I will kill you. <laughs> That's a, that's something else we could talk about. I just I don't know. Never finished the uh the mini series they did. What? Oh, the Fahrenheit. No, that was a TV movie. We just stopped after twenty minutes. Oh, I thought it was a mini series, but yeah, actually the old uh, movie is pretty good. Actually, I have the old movie. It is good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's decent. It's not great. It's I don't know. I don't think there's ever been a great adaptation of that. And all it's, these ideas. And all these ideas. <laughs> it's better than the HBO one, the one with uh, Michael B. Jordan and Michael Sheen was really just kind of all style. Is it Michael Shannon? Michael Shannon, you're right. Sorry. Uh, it's all style. It's just not very good. Dude, the teasers had me so excited because I, I, it's one of my favorite books, and I was like so excited. And then it's we, just, we it's, got like what half hour in, we're like, meh. It's the most <laughs> basic bitch adaptation of four fifty one you could ever possibly do, thrown in with some like just I don't know garbage modern politics. You're just like whatever. You guys gonna take it, ruin it? The principle, the the point is there. You don't need to add to it. Like it's fine. That's like if somebody took Animal Farm and decided to update it with like Trump. Like I'd fucking lose my mind. No, like, can you imagine the little pig though? Just like with the little hair. The little hair quaff. Yeah. That'd drive me fucking nuts. I would, I would lose my fucking mind. They want to end of the ring, so we've said a couple we'd like to do. I would like to do a uh, they shoot horses, don't they, with you? Okay, yeah, I'd do that. And we'd also talk about the Running Man in the same episode. Is that Sydney Pollock or Sydney Lumet? I can't even remember who directed that. So I think it's Sydney Pollock. Yeah, I think. Um, but that is the first movie I ever brought up to Sean as being a cool movie, and he had never seen. So you're true. welcome. It's true. It's welcome. actually. It, it used to be on YouTube, everybody. It's called They Shoot Horses, Don't They? The whole movie was on YouTube. Uh, we bought the Blu-ray when it came available. Uh, Kino Lorber put it out. If you're looking, if you're a collector, <laughs> uh, that Kino Lorber cut is good. It's got an audio commentary on it. Great movie. 
But yeah, it's a good one. I like that movie a lot. Anyway, um, cuties. <laughs> cutie patooties. Um, Ew, don't say that. <laughs> I don't know. Don't, this is, there is a history of these kind of movies, and I don't really have a problem when people get their hackles up about it. I think, if anything, it will force the conversation to happen. So yeah. now we can we can again culturally reassess whether like this is appropriate or not, and I think maybe that's a healthy thing, because when we look at pop culture, it's right on the cusp of it. I mean, we're right there. I mean, look at Britney Spears. Like, I mean, even going back to when we were kids. Leave my girl alone. Yeah, well, she seems like a normal, Wait. well-adjusted person. Leave Britney alone. <laughs> she seems like a totally well-adjusted person, and that seems like it was really good for her. Um, no, oh my god. No, what, what I'm saying, though, like pop, pop right culture, pop culture promotes this idea of like younger and younger and younger. It was Britney Spears and Miley Cyrus, and like this, well, this kind of. You let's talk about that lady. Who? Miley Cyrus. Oh, yeah. But, like, what I'm just saying is, like, there is something in the, whatever is the most current thing tends to be always kind of pushing this boundary. But people, it's so, you're so saturated with it. And it's never presented in a way that they're younger. They always kind of try to age them up. But they really are kids. And uh, I think just the, the cultural awareness isn't there. But so when something like Cuties happens, when somebody, like, really pushes a boundary, it makes everybody kind of take inventory and like, whoa, like let's pump the brakes a little bit. So in a certain sense, like it is in a weird sideways tangential way, like kind of a good thing that cuties is made and distributed. A hundred percent. Cause like I said, I have in my own personal life interacted and not interacted in the sense where, you know, I have participated in, but I have seen and been privy to like actual instances of things like this happening i also used to teach kids so you could kind of see these cusps happening you know and um i think especially nowadays it's so easy for people to like get so caught up in everything else that we forget about like i was kind of saying like it's important with your children to like be there for each other in the sense of like this is me this is you Let's learn each other, talk about each other, learn the world. You know, you kind of lose that stuff, and you're just like, you push it aside, and then stuff like this happens, and it's actually happening. Yeah. So I, for me, like, I guess also speaking to me as a parent, but also as a viewer of this movie, uh, I am angry, well, not angry, I'm, I am weirded out by a lot of the lingering shots and stuff, but it did do something important because we are talking about and I'm not going to latch this on to the, like, save the children and the pedophilia. I'm not going to take away from yeah, that. Not the I'm child not. sex trafficking. I'm sorry. Stuff, and yeah. if I get, like, pegged as being weird for that, I'm sorry. I'm not going to tag on to that. I'm going to tag on to the fact that we need to, like, get back to, like, getting our faces out of screens, getting uh, aware of each other as people and the world around us and kind of it's a reminder to just understand ourselves and like our positions and stuff. Right. And sure. hope we can pour that on our children to keep that going. I don't know. If I'm, I know I'm ranting. Well, right I think, now. I think, I think in a weird abstract way, the fact that the movie fucks itself up is actually the thing that makes you talk about what the actual point of the movie is, which is interesting. It's interesting. So I have to be fair. And to say that it does does provide that space for this conversation, it did. Uh, people would not be talking about this if the cuties didn't exist. Right. 
so for that you have to kind of appreciate it. it is one of those things about kind of the eye of the beholder when it comes to art and uh how art becomes part of culture once it is released it's kind of no longer belongs to the creator in some respect and uh this is another example of that and yeah so ultimately it's it is a good thing in its own weird way um i do like obviously i still have issues with the idea that like you're gonna have to exploit these kids to do this and you did there are not there are people that will watch this movie with weird feelings about it and what i mean by weird feelings i mean pedophiles (laughs) uh I mean, there are there are going to be sex predators out there that watch this movie, and I mean, oh, 100%. actually, actually, there's one scene I got to talk about. Okay. As we end this, uh, I we didn't talk about it in the media discussion, unfortunately, but there's a scene where her family exercises her. Oh yes. They have an exorcism, right? We both looked at her and said, "What the fuck, man?" Because like, okay, so they strip her down to like a tank top and her panties. Wasn't a tank top. It was yes, a it was. it was a boyfriend tea. Or, or boy, was it a boyfriend tea? I, yeah. Right. I guess my perverted male mind made it a tank top. Um, her panties. It wasn't her panties. It was like basketball shorts. I no, think. it's it was straight up her panties. That. Yeah. See, uh, I wasn't looking there. Not everybody <laughs> wears basketball shorts like you do. My basketball shorts meant like the seventies retro ones. Anyway. Yeah, she's just like yeah, <laughs> Charles Barkley over here. Uh, <laughs> No, but they so they're 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 dousing this girl with holy water. The whole floor is like wet underneath her, and she is convulsing and thriving and like air humping. And the camera does this thing where it creeps around behind her. Yeah, and she's as like, her underwear is riding up her ass. Slow motion for me. <laughs> like it's fucking. It was really like disconcerting. I don't mean to laugh. Like, it's just yeah. One of the times I was like, uh, what the fuck is this? I, I get you can have an exorcism scene. I get it because of the cultural yeah. stuff, her beliefs. Uh, you don't need to do this, though. This you even have less of a reason to do than the fucking dance routine. I know she's probably making some clumsy parallel between this and the dance yeah. routine. I get it. I get it, lady. I'm not a fucking moron. But you didn't have to do it. You didn't have to do it like this. You yeah. just didn't have to. And it was very... Uh, it seems very uh, exploitative and very like titillating for titillation's sake with an eleven-year-old. And it was... I, I I don't even know if it's like I it, it's just messy. Well, that the, no, I, the way they shoot that scene is not appropriate, especially because of what she's right. Doing. They get behind her. She is like downward dog, and they get like a behind her, and she's just like yeah, mm, no, 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 no. <laughs> You can rationalize hot pants, okay? But you can't rationalize a kid in their fucking underwear doing the same thing. You just can't. I don't know what the rationalization. Like I said, I think it's a clumsy metaphor, or a clumsy parallel for the dance routine. Like, oh, I get it. Ugh. But uh, it's fucking weird, and it should not. Like, you've undermined your own fucking movie. You just keep doing that. I just don't I understand. A weird thought when we talk about clumsy parallels, okay? So do you think the her doing the like photo of her vagina, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think she did that because it was right after those weird like for some reason those weird almost twelfth graders are bothered by them and throw a can at them? <laughs> yeah, the rivals. Yeah. And uh what? <laughs> but anyway, uh and then they like get in that fight and then they expose her to everyone, right? Mm-hmm. 
Do you yeah. think, because it almost happens pretty much immediately after when she does that, like, photo of her, like, well, another I think, I, I think and that might be the th intention, but it's just so sloppy that it's it, not clear yeah. cut, and it's not even pivotal or important. It's just well, kind of like... I think you're supposed to feel a sense of escalation in her behavior that you really, the movie does not track very well. And uh, by doing that as like the ultimate taboo, the ultimate grown up thing to do, put your pussy online. Like that's what, it, I think it's really that simple. I don't think it has anything deeper than that. I feel um, like, sir. And then as, and then, she, and then you see the response of the people after she yeah. does it is that they treat her like she's a woman. They treat her like a, an adult whore. They slap the kid slaps her ass and then she stabs us. Good for her though. She should yeah, that was like actually that was my favorite scene where she just yeah. she stabs <laughs> the kid in the hand uh with a pencil after he slaps her he slaps her ass when she's trying to walk by. I was like, Yeah, good for you. Don't slap a chick's ass even if she puts her vagina on one. It's not a it's not a fucking permission slip, buddy. Look at me, good guy Sean. Just woke as fuck. Having just common decency. Um, but anyways, yeah, so that was cuties for me. I don't know. Do you have any like kind of closing thoughts about the film cuties? Do you recommend we should we be showing this in schools across America? Ray may be right after they read the 1619 project. No, <laughs> uh, I think it should just stay right there with 13. I actually think 13 is more. I'm not to bring it up again, but I think 13 is more emotion. Even it's equally sloppy. Actually, that's the question I meant to ask you when I got cut off. Uh, you said so. This is yeah. This is like five minutes ago too, man. No. Um. So this is autobiographical of the director. Mm hmm. How old was she when she came up with this? Oh, I have no idea. I know what you're talking about with thirteen, where it was a fifteen-year-old no, girl that co-wrote the script with her mother, who is Catherine Hardwick, the director. Yeah, I was just curious because that also, um, not that I'm excusing anything, might also speak to some of the muddledness because I think 13 was very, it was dumb, but it was also powerful in the same way. Like, I actually think 13 and Cuties are very par on par. Well, from what I understand, like it's been a long time since I've seen 13, but from what I understand, it is a very sincere perspective of what it's like to be that age, and it's co-written by a girl that was that age. Right, but then it's funny because if you read interviews with her later in life, she has taken back everything. She like how she portrayed her dad and stuff. Cause she's like, now as an older person, I see what he was doing. Yeah, because you're a thirteen-year-old kid when you're writing a script. <laughs> I'm curious about is because if this was written by like a twenty-six-year-old, you're kind of like, you know. I, no, uh, I think she is in her late twenties or early thirties. That's what it appears. I I can't. I don't. I'll try to find her age. I mean, she's the room. I was just saw what I'm. Oh my saying. god, she's only seven. No, I'm just joking. She predicted the future. Um, anyway, no, I'm for me though. Um, I think it's like almost par on par, but for me, like maybe it's because I saw 13 when I was younger, but also I think the shock value is there, but it's not. I say it because there's sexualization, there is like implied threesomes, there is like drugs, there's drinking. It's almost like a go ask Alice if you've ever read that book. Yes. Um, but you did not need to have like flipping, like gyrating vaginas, like in frame. No, you don't. No. Well, because I don't think I mean thirteen was controversial in the sense of like its content and its its subject matter, but it was not done like tastelessly. 
I mean, this was the fucking girl's mother was the director. Right. I like I. It, it's been a long time. This, since this could be you and Foster, right? Like, I mean, like when I made when I saw Thirteen, I was like, I was at the age it probably would have been okay if I jerked off to it. Like that's how young I was. Um, I remember watching because I used to have Stars was when I, when I was a kid, and Thirteen came out, and they would have like like their Hollywood, whatever, all the new movies. So I saw interviews about Thirteen like over and over. So you and Rachel Wood are very like. You guys are buddies, right? Intimately buddies. Listen, listen. I can't make any jokes about that. She's going through some stuff right now, my girl. You know. <laughs> I feel bad for it. Listen, uh, much respect to Evan Rachel Wood, by the way. Since we're talking about thirteen and child exploitation. Yeah. She ends, yeah, she, ends awesome. up, she ends up dating a cool guy, Marilyn Manson. When she's eighteen, he's like thirty-nine. Well, cool. uh, he teach tries to turn her into basically a sex doll, like one of these weird, like uh, submissives. And uh, kind of tortured her and fucking fucked with her head. And it's something that has traumatized her for years. And now she's speaking out about it, not to help herself, but to help get the law, the statute of limitations changed. And she understands that, like, well, people will actually listen to me because I'm Evan Rachel Wood. So much respect to her. But Um, also, isn't she part robot? That's the thing. So maybe he was right. Maybe (laughs) Marilyn Manson should have been to do whatever he wanted. No. It's not even a person under these that skin. I was just Actually, no, it's a weird thing because it's like the Westworld, I think if you were to have a parallel with her life, her her journey as a person. Yeah, it's totally It's actually parallel. I've only ever seen the first season of Westworld, so I can't speak to the rest of it, but I will I will give big ups to all those Radiohead uh you know, old timey piano. Oh my god. You're such a a fucking hack. You're like one of these people just uh I like music. Fucking, I, I, we were, I was talking bands over and over again. Paul and I were talking about. Oh, good for Paul. Where is he? We were talking <laughs> about Fight Club, and he was like, "Dude, wouldn't it have been cool when Meatloaf dies if they played Wave like a cool, like slow down hippie version of Wave of Mutilation?" I was like, "I was like, dude, you're a fucking hack, buddy." Hey, listen to me. Do you what I just said to that. Uh, no, I can't. <laughs> It's the same sentiment. It's the same idea. It's like a, it's like a fourteen-year-old be like, oh, no. oh, I, I recognize this. No, because the like. answer Who's to that like? play in the capital theme of Fight Club would be a slowed-down version of "I would do anything." Oh, that's right? even worse. That's even your your hacks. You're all hacks. Like uh, Sarah's just like, oh, you know what's really cool when they play old songs during violent scenes in movies. <laughs> Anyways, everybody, <laughs> I think I've had enough. <laughs> I think I've had a fucking enough. Luck finding your next talking person. <laughs> Take that damn prophet. This ain't no simp cast, okay? Maybe if you had showed up, I wouldn't be simping with this hack. I love you. I love my wife, everybody. But you know, so, you know when you got to be real. You know, you got to be real. <laughs> You just can't accept how cool I am. So you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Sarah is much cooler than I am. To be honest with all of you, uh, this is a, this is a fact that I have. Uh, that's why I married her. You know, why would you think I would marry somebody that's lamer than me? Are you out of your fucking mind? I'm about clout. Okay, I'm about clout chasing. That's what I do. <laughs> why else would I be on the internet doing things like this? Okay, because I'm about clout. So why would I marry a lame person? Just the pieces don't fit. 
All right. What's your final words on cutie, Sarah? Hey, Sarah, what out of ten? I want I want give me that cutie score out of ten. Out of ten? Five point seven. I'd give it six Kevin Spaces out of ten kids. That's what I'd give it. Six oh, there's more kids. people. Did you see that? There's more kids. There's like a no, 14 Yeah, now. Dude, where's my next Underwood video? Where's that Underwood video? <laughs> when those kids are dead and buried in the cold and the ground, then we'll get our next Frank Underwood video. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, well, I couldn't kill him with kindness, so I just had to kind of kill him. <laughs> and then people be like, I was just in character. I was just in character. <laughs> behind him will be a roaring bonfire as he sips cognac. As the bodies behind him, the kids. Not a cognac guy. It's like brandy. He's like brandy. <laughs> Actually, no. He's the kind of guy that would like down like some nice bourbon, some nice expensive bourbon, yeah, and let's while he's fucking him in the ass. Like that's what would happen with Kevin Spacey. But that sounds like a fun night, right? Like not a pleasant. Like not like just like a rough masculine, like you may see in some like a gay porn where they're just like really being inappropriate. (laughs) I would say that sounds like a good night. No. (laughs) Sarah loves corn cobs stuck up her ass, just like Kevin Spacey. (laughs) All right, everybody. On that note. (laughs) On that note. Thank you for listening to another episode of Zoobox Goes to the Movies. Another week, another successful episode. Thank you so much, Sarah, for filling in and coming and talking about cuties with me. We're probably going to be arrested tomorrow. That's fine. <laughs> the controversial opinion that some of cuties avenge works. And some me, of them. Avenge me. <laughs> All right, everybody. Have the best one ever. Boom, boom.